Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. And today, I have an amazing guest for you today who is all about leadership and teaching us how to be the best possible leader that we can be, whether it is in corporate, whether it is leader of your your own company, if you're an entrepreneur. Um, And so we're going to really dig into what it takes to be a leader, but also something that I'm super passionate about, which is that work life harmony (laughs) is balance possible. Um, And Andre Young is my guest today, and he is all the expert in all of those things. So we're going to get into it today. Welcome to the show, Andre. Thanks so much for being here. Wow, Sarah, thank you for having me. It's an honor. You guys listening, hope you're having a fantastic day. Thank you. Yeah, they're about to even have a better one with all this knowledge you're about to drop. So um, we want to get right into it. But before we do that on this show, I'm so fascinated by people's stories and, mm. you know, how they got to be the success that they are today and in the in the ability to share their knowledge and their wisdom. Um, so can you tell us just a little bit about your backstory, how you got to where you are today? Sure. Uh, the funny part is I didn't want to do any of this. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to speak and I didn't want to write. And now I can't stop writing and I can't shut up and they pay me for it. So right? <laughs> um, long story short, I was a mental health therapist for 19 years. I thought I would retire from doing it. How I got into leadership and work-life harmony, you would think it's because what I'm about to share, but it's not. I burnt out of a job. Ah. I was at one point a very great employee, one of the best, says me, but then I became the worst. I had burnt out of a job. I no longer enjoyed it. The leadership changes, where we were going, and I tell people all the time, I was right about every single single thing that I said, but I was very wrong about how often I said it, who I said it to, and how I disconnected, and people would think that's how I got there, but the real reason is I went through a divorce. Ah. So during that time, I went through a divorce and I chose going through a very difficult time emotionally, financially to wake up and look at myself and evaluate myself. So I looked at everything with eyes wide open. What am I doing great? What am I doing bad? What do I need to change? What do I want to change? And in that moment, I said I wanted to start a social club and it was for men. And I just wanted people to go home better than when they came. And that just kept growing out of my living room and then conferences. And then we had a youth division and women's division. And I then no longer wanted to chase people. I wanted to go to where the people already are. And that was at work and at school and on their phones. So when I took this to companies first, I was, you know, I started off very locally. I went to small companies. Hey, let me do this for you. And they said, well, relationship growth, what we were just talking about, relationship growth and personal development. Okay, that's good. That's nice. But what does that do for us? Right, right. They're like, how does that integrate with you? Why would I pay for it? Yeah. Right. So then I said, oh, you you want leadership. And I went and reviewed everything that I had put out content wise. And I said, oh, my goodness, Sarah, I was already talking about leadership. I just never said the word. 
Yeah. Uh, I added the word to it and boom, it took oh, off. Sure. And now I get to go into companies worldwide and, you know, you know, meet with their people and make an impact leader and frontline because that's really, really huge. Yeah, I love that. I mean, the first thing that I want to kind of dig into a, a little bit more before we kind of get into the steps of leadership is you said something really key, which was when you went through a hard time, you paused and you were self-reflective, <clears throat> self-reflective, right? Like you took the time to be self-aware and to say, what am I doing well? What am I totally failing at? You know, all of that. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And I'm sure kind of in your coaching, you might have some tips on, on that too, because I think that's such a huge thing. So many people are not self-aware. Maybe you don't even know they're not self-aware. Absolutely. But and I get, I get more and more companies reaching out to me to do what I call a leader's accountability because mm -hmm. their leaders or employees, you know, they want to be so great. They don't know how to be accountable. And when I went through that time, I call it eyes wide open. You've got to sit back and reflect on yourself and say, okay, no, I call it the three bullies, no minimizing, rationalizing, and justifying. Because you do something wrong or it's a breakup, you get cheated on, you, you get fired, your boss has a tough conversation with you. I don't care what it is. Do not minimize, well, I only, or I just, Yeah. That, that's not leadership language. Leaders don't use that type of language. Um, and then don't, don't justify it away. Well, I did this because, or if you do that, I do that. Leaders don't do tit for tat. I don't care what somebody did to you. You live right. So when the job, the relationship works, you had a part in it. You can pat yourself on the back for being a part of that. And if it doesn't, you can put your head on the pillow in peace, knowing you did everything you could do because peace is going to matter in the future. Yeah. You know? And then you can't um, rationalize it away and blame other people or come up with any good reason of why. Because I can come up with good reasons why I've done every single bad thing in my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I was rationalizing it very well when I made that decision. Right. And so then after we do that, now we got to step back and I, I rate myself. I do it once a month. I call it Get My Life Together Saturday. Ooh, people. Hello. Take notes. So I get a cup of coffee. You could do it over cigar, drink, wine, whatever your thing is. And I rate myself as a person, as a parent, as a partner, and as a professional. Wow. And if you have multiple kids, I have four. Yeah. You're going to have four different ratings. You can get even more personal and say, as a son, as a brother, a daughter, whatever, whatever roles that's significant to you. Now, here's the trick. This is a couple steps. Number one, on a scale of one to 10, what are you rating yourself? Just be honest. What, what are you rating yourself? Don't think about it. The first number, put it down. Step number two, what do you believe would take you up a number or two? So if you are a 10 already, what does it take to be a 12? If you are a three. I've seen somebody sit here a negative three. Yeah. What does it take to get to that negative one then? It doesn't matter. What does it take? Now, step number three, final step. When you sit back and look at those numbers, that's great. What does that number mean to you? Be good to yourself. Because if, even if you're a negative three, you're not a negative four or five. Right. Yeah. Hey, growth. We'll take it. Any growth. We'll take it. We'll take growth. <laughs> The, the positive is you have an answer to what you think would make you better. The concern is it's not enough because you're not doing a good enough marriage. 
if I do what I think would move me up a number or two, but you need something different. Right. I'm going to ease my way into a professional or personal temper tantrum of look how much I'm doing for Sarah. I'm doing this right. and this. I'm only doing what I think would move up a number or two. Am I leader enough to ask you, Sarah? That's my wife's name too. Okay. That's awesome. Oh, easy. <laughs> Am I leader enough to say, Sarah, I want to be great. Right. What is it that you need most from me right now? That right there is everything because the difference between us assuming this is what I need to do, even if you're you're trying really hard to pay attention, you know, mm -hmm. you're trying to be observant, you're trying to listen we're only going to gather so much data we and we could gather all of it and be completely off base. Mm -hmm. So having the openness, I guess, mm -hmm. and, you know, being humble enough to say, Hey, this is kind of what I'm coming up with. Am I off base? What do you need? What did I miss on this list? Right. And I think like being open and engaging in that way where you really do want the feedback and you really do want to grow in any person that isn't, completely, you know, a total tool, they're going to be like, wow, that's really cool. But, but you know what? That for you, you know? I'm, I'm going to tell you, most people aren't going to respond like that, though. Mm. Every single time that I have done it, every time I've taught my son to do it with his coaches, every time I've taught employees to do it with leaders, this is what really happens. You they ready? come with a bigger list. <laughs> Hey, I want to be great here at the company. Hey, I want to be a great husband or wife to you. What do you need most from me right now? That most typical response is, oh, no, just keep doing what you're doing. Oh, interesting. And most leaders, husbands, wives, kids will say that. I've seen it happen a thousand times. And we have to understand, get into the psychology of it, why they say that. Yeah. Number one, the fact that you were sitting there coming up with a list and thinking how you were going to improve. Do you know how rare that is? Not everybody's doing exactly. that. It probably totally throws them off. They're like, right. no, blank space. <laughs> this is old things to you already. It's so new to him when you hit them with it. They weren't thinking about it. Right. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't like confrontation. So they think it's going to be met with some adversity. Yeah. Maybe they had to pee and you interrupted them and they were right. on their way to the bathroom. Maybe they're hangry right now and now is not the best time. You don't know what's happening in their world. So we have to get better at leading it and saying, hey, I appreciate you saying everything's good. I really want to know. Now, I know I caught you off guard. Is there, if, if I'm in the office, if I'm business, is there a better time? I know I'm available Thursday at three, Monday at one. Is that, does that work for you? Yeah. A lot of times I'll say, you know what? Like, do you want to, th or think about it? Not even do you want to think about it, but like, can you think about this? And can, can we come back to this conversation in a couple of days? Like, I know it's Absolutely. kind of blue, but like, I'm really yeah. yeah, I share it with my wife. Hey, I'm going to ask you again in a couple of days. Cause yeah. I know if we got an argument right now, you would have a kitchen sink to throw at me. <laughs> right. So I'm going to ask you again at the end of the week, not can we, I'm going to come to you at the end of the week. If you have an answer, I want to hear it. If you don't, and it's still all good, then we're good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You guys, like all of that is such gold. What I'm discovering, and I don't know if you've noticed this too, but especially the last like five years, people don't know how to communicate. Like, mm. I'm just like, what happened to people? Like, did we all just become robots? Like basic stuff. We used to be able to communicate. Now, now Facebook has all of the answers that you can respond in a comment. All you have to do is like, what the hell is going on? I don't have to think. I don't have to like, 
be present. I don't have to be conscious. And, and so I think people are just getting worse and worse and worse at this. And so I really want each of you listening, like take accountability. You might not even know how much worse you've gotten at this over the last couple of years, but I think we all really have. And those tips that you just gave about like how I become self-aware, how I check myself, like I might be going through the world going, Hey, I'm so self-aware. Hey, I'm doing all my, I'm listening to all my podcasts. I know all my shit. Like, do you? Well, <laughs> like, and a lot of times here's the other, here's the other danger. You, we might be listening to it and not applying it fully. Oh, hundred okay? percent. Yeah. Here's the other danger. And I am divorced and remarried. And here is the biggest mistake I made in my last relationship. I was so busy listening to that stuff and achieving things and growing. I let my evolution elevate my ego. Uh, So you're listening to all of these podcasts and self-help and positive growth and all of that stuff. That does not mean that your partner is. Right. Exactly. It doesn't mean that your, your mom and dad aren't. So when you go back to, you know, to your family, you're like, like we have to refrain from letting our evolution elevate our ego. Like everybody's allowed to be at the level that they're at. So how do you either bring them up, but not everybody want to come up. Not everybody's ready to come up. So how do you become accepting and get intentional about your circle at the same time? Yeah. And learn how to meet people where they are. I think that that is such a amazing skill. I'm sure leaders need it. Uh, but I think everybody honestly really needs it too. So I know you, um, you have two best-selling books, um, on leadership. You do a lot uh, of stuff on leadership. So I really wanted to dive in to one of the things that, that I know you're an expert at and, uh, your book, the seven languages of leaders, Mm. I, my audience probably knows that I've been like really getting in the rabbit hole of the five love languages. Uh, I was, I kind of thought I knew what they were. And then I was like, oh, let me educate myself. Wow. I was way off base. I had no idea. Um, And then I really got thinking like, why aren't they using this in a work environment? You know, Mm. maybe physical touch isn't the one to use, but there's, there's, there's integration there. There's so much power that you have as a human being understanding what you need. And I love that you kind of translated some of, some of this, or maybe, maybe it, it isn't a crossover, but I wanted to talk about like, what are the seven languages of leaders and yeah. Yeah. How do you know? Well, um, it, it was, this is my baby. I remember writing this and in the middle of writing, I stopped and started teaching it. And then I went back to write it and finish the book. Like every now and then as an author, you know that you've done something. You're onto something. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I will say before I share the seven languages. Um, The five love languages do not cross over. Yeah. Most of them don't. (laughs) For task-based things. For example, those of you who who are listening and do not know the five love languages, I will share it to you in 30 seconds. Gary Chapman, he wrote the heck out of this. Gary, if you're listening, you yeah, are familiar. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you can get the abridged version tonight. Read it in 76 pages. Easy. Okay. Look, physical touch, gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service. He says the way you know, we all have a top two. Right. And our favorite top two is not only the way we give love, but also the way we like receiving it. Right. Here's how it doesn't apply to task-based things or within companies and organizations. My top two love languages are physical touch and quality time. 
Yeah, can't really can't really cross those over too much. In in corporate, I better not be physically touching on nobody. Exactly. Okay, my <laughs> wife don't play that. that. Was out. <laughs> now there are some huggers out there, and some companies that operate like family. I put quotes around that um, quality time in corporate. I love quality. I I never wanted to see my boss. Leave me alone. Let me do what I need to do. So they don't always apply. Now, here's the seven. I'll say them slowly so you can write them down. If you're listening, do not get an accident if you're driving. (laughs) Yep, they'll be in the notes, guys. Number one is goody time. I'll go back through, but goody time, number one. Number two is quality minutes. Number three is recognition and affirmation. Hmm. number four is knowledge and or that is very big and or advancement next is incentives then flexibility and lastly respect oh i love those oh my god i don't even know where, where to start like yeah i guess we'll start from the top so goodies what are you talking about here Goody time is that employee, and you, you know whether you're a leader or not, leaders have these languages too. It's important because this works when leaders speak it to employees, but employees also speak it to leaders, okay? Right. Goody time is that employee or leader that is highly influenced, highly impacted by that goody time, that pizza day, that hoagie day, those snacks on your desk, uh, sausage day, hoagie day, all of that stuff. Goodies. Yeah, vacation or like winning the trip or whatever. Like, Oh, no, that, that's coming. So oh, that's I'm coming. Okay. Just, just straight goodies. <laughs> Um, I, I joke, I have never in my life intentionally bought a Nestle's Crunch Bar. But if, Sarah, if I walk into your office and it's on your desk, you can't get me out your office. I will eat them all. I don't know why. It's your thing. Okay. <laughs> so quality minutes. There are some employees that are highly inspired and impacted by having a few minutes of conversation with the boss mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with work. Yeah. Non-work related yeah. conversation. Yeah. And with the amount of remote and hybrid work that we're doing, where all you see your people is on that hourly scheduled Zoom call or in emails, we're miss the, the person who would circle quality minutes uh, really missing it. For sure. And there's right. almost no way, well, maybe you can tell us how to do it, but there is almost no way to do it the way we used to, right? You could run in to your boss like in the kitchen and while well, you're both having coffee and Right. They could ask you about your life, and all of a sudden you feel great. Like, oh, he's asking me about you know my exactly. life. Exactly, I have a life. Like, he knows I'm a human. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and through COVID, with a lot of the Zoom calls, that really helped because it really made everybody care about everybody's life. And you got to see their husband walk by, their their dog bark, or whomever, and their kids. Um, number three is recognition and affirmation. The employee leader that loves that pat on the back. Hey, you did a great job with this. It really helped with that. Yeah, that one, I, I want to pause really quick just because I think that one's huge. I think um, kind of in my rabbit hole of, of learning about the love languages, I learned that I was affirmations and I had no idea. Um, I'd gone through my whole, I thought it was like physical touch. I'm like, okay, cool, checkbox, whatever. And then it was a big part of me learning about myself and so much of me made a lot more sense. I was like, mm. oh, okay, I'm not crazy. Like there's actually people who do like to be told that that was impactful or that was important or you did a good job or whatever. And that's the one that I was like, Ooh, 
I feel like a leader knowing that about their employee would just be so powerful. Yes. Because the person who needs that is not the person who's like, hey, win a trip. And, you know, right. like it's just right. it's completely different. All parks. And so if you're a leader and you're assuming if I throw a trip on the table, everyone's going to be fired up and they're going to go crush their goals to get the trip, you're leaving out all these people who, like, that is not of interest to them at yeah. all. Yeah. And I would say one is easier to do than the other, but that's not true because there's five different types of leaders. The intense leader, recognition and affirmation is hard to do because that's not who they are. Yeah. That's not, you know, so none of the, some of these are easy based on the type of leader that you are. But once you know and ask, you have to be willing to do and give, but yeah. you got to do and give these languages in a way that you don't resent them or the task. Right, so, right. So I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that, but the next one is knowledge and or advancement. Some people want knowledge and advancement. There's employees and leaders that want to know and grow. They want to move on and move up. There are other people. You have employees that are steady streams. Yeah, they are fine right where they are. Right, they, they don't like want your promotion. Everything, yeah. <laughs> right. They're like, I don't want your 200 emails a day. I don't want yeah. your raise. I'm fine. I'm good. I love what I'm doing right here. Stop trying to promote me. Right. So they want knowledge. They want to. They may want to be the best at where they are. You know. So some is knowledge and or advancement. The next is incentives. That's the trips you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, earning trips and company competitions and the competitive person is going right. to love that. Yeah. My wife is that all day. Yeah. She's never not caught the carrot that dangled in front of her face. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. Like, I'm like, com competition just makes me be like, oh, I'm going to watch and cheer from the sidelines. Like, yeah, I do not yeah. care. Like, I'm not, I mean, you cannot motivate me that way. Um, I'm going to come in and give who I am every day. Yeah. Um, the next is flexibility. And that's twofold. This is the employee that wants to either work in a flexible manner, COVID highlighted these people. They were like, I told you, I told you. I'm never going back to work, never going back to the office. <laughs> or they want their ideas implementing the things, okay? Mm -hmm. So they want their ideas to matter. Yeah. That's the last one is respect. And that one was the biggest one. And this is what I made a mistake on when I created this. I initially thought that everyone's top two languages would be respect and something else. Interesting. I've done this in a room of 2,000 people. I've done it in a room of three people. It is, it's just not. So the person who wants respect, though, is asking for a lot more things. So when I asked employees, they said, one, do I have the tools to be successful? My company can show me respect. I want to be the best machinist in the world, but the machine keeps breaking. Right. Do I have the, I, I, do I have the training? Do I, have the, do I have the tools to be successful? Number two, tone of voice. Ask, don't tell. Yeah. Okay. Across the board, people, that applies everywhere. <laughs> and as leaders, we can get to tell it, but we don't start there. We don't, we don't have to start there. Here's the two that I added. Email etiquette. Yeah, for real. Or, or like the total lack of boundaries and it's just everywhere. Like, you know, it's texting you at 10 at night and, you know, like it's. It's the, the, and exactly what you said. So it's the tone of voice in your email. I start every email with, you know, hi, Sarah, happy Tuesday. Hope everything is going great. The meet. Hey, I look forward to hearing from you. Have an amazing day. It takes a little bit longer, 
Right. But the impact that it makes, you really change people's day and you make your email more relevant than everybody else's. Exactly. Because you know how to communicate like a human. <laughs> the oh, other wow. part is time of day. There's way too many leaders saying, and they mean this when they say it. They really do mean it. Sarah, don't worry about this email I send at 1030 at night, one o'clock in the morning. You don't right. have to respond. I just want to get it off my head. The passive aggressive is, I was up at one. Where were you? Or I tell one of the biggest culture killers is not your resident grouch. Mm. You don't have enough grouches typically to ruin a company. However, you do have enough inspired and motivators to ruin the company because when all of them start responding at 1 a.m. on the weekends, I, on vacation, yes. at the beach, everybody's looking like, as yes. leader, you, you can't sell your position. You can't do that. Yeah. Oh, my God. A, a leader's job is to sell their position. So yeah. when you get promoted or move on or retire, somebody wants it. Why would anybody want it? If you keep behaving this way. Exactly. They're like, oh, no, thanks. Like, yeah, yeah no you thanks. get paid more than me, but Jesus, you have no freaking life. Like, no, I, I'm on that horse all the time. We're on that soapbox because when I'm trying to implement ways that you can have work-life harmony or you can have joy outside of work and all that, like it has to start from leadership and work its way down. Like you cannot be taking your laptop and responding to emails on vacation because you just told every single person in your organization who gets emails from you that that is the expectation. You can tell them through your words, tell you're blue in the face. That's not the expectation, yep. but you showing that like, it's just this passive aggressive dig that creates toxicity. I feel like over time, like, come on guys. And it's built up anxiety. That's yeah. going to like, what am I walking into? I didn't respond, but I know Sarah's up for that promotion and she did. I should, or, you know, it's just so much. And as soon as it rings, dings or chimes, not to mention, and I joke with this, but this is not funny. You don't know the crazy person your employee might be sleeping next to at night. <laughs> right. Let my phone ring at 1 a.m. Yep. And all of a sudden- I certainly, I certainly don't want my my wife's phone. And this is- No a, kidding. Yeah. God forbid a text. Yeah. Or right. how about recognition and affirmation? Can yeah. we do that respectfully? If you're going to affirm my wife, I prefer it over a, a email, work email during working hours. If you send yeah. that same thing in a text at 1030, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, me and my wife have an issue. Well, and now all of a sudden, I'll be completely frank, because this has happened to me all the time when I was in corporate. Now, all of a sudden, you put her in a really weird position. Because as soon as she knows as a woman that she's being contacted by anyone in authority outside of business hours, it just sends a different vibe, no matter if every single word you said was completely professional. Oh. If you stated it the same way, it just does. And from then on, she's going to feel weird about oh. it. I'll, I'll share a very personal story. This happened a few months ago. There was a new hire at my wife's job. Um, they work together. Um, we are laying in bed 5.30 in the morning. Her phone goes off and she's getting a text from him. Yeah. And yeah, I thought about it for a minute and I went to her and I said, hey, listen, me and you good. Right. But the message that's sending that another man can text my wife at 5.30 for a non-emergency okay. is intrusive and unacceptable so he may not know that but i know he knows better yeah. so either you can handle it or i can handle it 
but I'm I'm comfortable either way. You but this can't, this can't continue to happen. Now, what's a defined emergency? Whatever that emergency is, can we come up with a way that is sent in an email? Because if your email dings, that's way different from a text ding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, if you're in IT and the website's down, your phone ringing is different than yeah than getting a text. No. So that brings up a really good point because this is tough, I think, in today's world, especially post-COVID, because there was just overnight all the lines got blurred of what's work, what's not work. And then I think all the managers who used to think that remote employees didn't really work and they had to like triple check on them, just like got so much worse when everyone, it was just, I don't know, I feel like there was no boundaries anymore and that companies are kind of in this place where like, I think they would like to get back to implementing them. Um, what are some ways, first of all, let's start with mm. the example that you, that you just shared. Your wife could be like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is awkward. Like maybe he's the new boss yeah. and you're just right, like, right, right. Hey, you know, what he said was I had to get ready for this meeting and our meeting, <laughs> like, of course, he had, you know, like the rationalizing stuff, mm-hmm. but let's say that's the first time that happened. How does she communicate boundaries that doesn't feel like oh, that just means that I'm less of a worker than someone else who is going to be like, absolutely, 5 a.m., I'm getting up, I'm getting ready for that presentation. You know, like, it's such a weird thing. Well, and I will say, I mean, it's happened to me in the past as well, where somebody might text. So it's not just, you know, my wife or me. It's oh my God, it happened to me all the time at corporate. Are you kidding? So, like, from clients and from bosses. Well, no here's, my, here's my two rules that I would follow. Um, one leaders accompany their problem with a suggested solution mm, yeah that's huge okay and then it's the delivery of how to share an idea i call it a leader's idea so i'm going to come up with a solution so in this regard i come and say hey sir ma'am miss whatever um I have an idea that I think can help with the text in the morning. You know, I, I know you have things on your mind. I want to be, I'm a team player. I want to get things done. I was thinking that we can turn this into an email first because it's more appropriate for my relationship and it still allows me to do a great job here. I was wondering yeah, what you like about that or if there's anything you would find too. Yeah, I love that. You know, being being open, but also stating like what you need. I think when I was, in corporate, one of the things that I communicated and I communicated it in the interviewing process, you know, like if I was interviewing with a potential boss, I would straight up say, you know, like, Hey, I have young kids. I'm a single mom. So from the time I leave the office until nine at night, like no phone, like I'm offline, but before I go to bed, I will check the emails. I'll check the stuff to make sure if there was anything that I was missing that I can get back to it. So I think for me, it helped a lot to kind of like set a precedent, but I know a lot of people don't feel comfortable doing that. And leaders have to also like take some accountability too and and Absolutely. start to really understand like just because this works for me as a leader and I've been doing this for 20 years and you know I can live on no sleep and my family, whatever, all that's burning to the ground anyway, I'll be fine. You know, like not not everyone can. Well, not everyone and- can and you also have to know who who you're speaking with. Do you have a relationship where this is going to be um, accepted, listened to? Because if not, you may we may have to protect ourselves. And what I mean by that is who's who's somebody above them. And before it, this can get controversial. If I go to a leader, if I'm going to have a conversation, a hard conversation with someone, 
Okay. And whether this is my employee or a boss, one, I want to gauge the relationship. Do we have a relationship where we can have a tough conversation? If so, have it. Great. And then after you have it, you email, hey, I really appreciate your time with this idea. I'm, I'm excited to get this started. Thank you for making this a possibility. Have a great rest of your day. Now it's in black and white. You must protect yourself always on the back end. Now, if you do not have a great relationship with this person and you are fear-based about this, you need to protect yourself on the front end as well. And that means who's their their leader? Yeah. Hey, I, I wanted to talk with you because I'm about to have a conversation with so-and-so regarding this. Here's my idea. What do you like about it? Is there anything you would fine-tune? If you, I, if, and you got to catch this. If you don't hear from me, we're good. Yeah. If you do, or they come to you, I want it to protect your blind side. I don't want you shocked about something. And I also don't want to get them in trouble. Right. I honestly, like, I love that. I, I feel like that's perfectly fair on the employee side and it's, it's fair on the leadership side. I think it, especially for women, sometimes that can be really hard, you know, like we're kind of trained to just deal with it. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. not say anything about any of this stuff. And oh, one of the things that I'm so passionate about, especially with the employees that I coach and, and the women leaders that I coach is just providing those skills. Like, how do I communicate my needs without being whiny, without being bitchy, without being emotional, all the shit. That or we how about, I'll add one because whiny, bitchy and emotional is one side, but the other side is too nice. Don't be so nice. You, you, you lose your relationship. Don't be so nice that you wind up getting walked over. And I have two daughters and two sons. One of the things that I share with all of them is don't be so busy being nice that you become a doormat. Nice is not, no, be kind. Yeah. But don't be nice all right. the time. And a lot of people think that to be nice, you have to say yes to everything. Yes. And nice will get you abused. Exactly. Kindness is what matters. I love mm -hmm. that you pointed out the difference because they are different things. You don't, you know, nice is like everyone has to like me. So therefore I kind of almost have to be a doormat or have to say yes to everything. Being kind, you can have your boundaries. You can express yourself. You can, and people will respect you more, you know, like that's the crazy part. Well, here's like, the part ah, too. When you protect yourself by not throwing that other individual under the bus, let's say you do go to a higher up. I know that's not for everybody, but I'm saying this is a strategy. You really think that that's the first time that leader ever heard that about that person? <laughs> that, Chances are yeah. we've heard that's it 30 times. Problem for a while. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And you could be the one that changes it. That's what I always tell people. It's like, it's one thing if you think someone is mistreating me and I just got to suck it up or I just got to deal until I like get a better job or until I get promoted out of this manager's whatever your silence is enabling that behavior and think of all the other people who that person interacts with or will future mm -hmm. you know be a boss or a leader over that maybe could never say something <laughs> so right. you know like I, I think that has always helped me in the moment to make those tough decisions or to you know speak my truth when I needed to, because I was like, I know for a fact, there's a lot of people who aren't going to be able to say something. Absolutely. And in some work, like I was just on the call today with a company and some work does require off 
a lot of off-hour works. I mean, if you're doing work globally, time zones, um, high-pressure crisis situations. So some of this is the way it is. Um, my big challenge when I was doing crisis type of work was, and even with my friends, you know what I cannot stand? It's just me. It's not them. Group text. Why am I in uh, this freaking I'm getting train? 45 texts when I was like, <laughs> I mean, oh God, I hate them. The only so, people I, I can be on a group text with are my three kids. That's it. <laughs> right. So, and that's the, so that same format that I gave is also helpful to get out of group text. Hey, I want to be a team player. This doesn't seem to um, be anything that I can add into. And it's also in the way of my day. So can I not be included in this or I'm going to remove myself? If you need me, yeah. This is where this is what leaders fail to do a lot. We I call it a leader's blueprint. We fail to give people the blueprint of how to come to us. All we say is come to us. Um, what method do you want? So if you need me, when you need me, what's the method? Do you want them to Slack you, email you, text you, call you? Um, do have we defined what an emergency is? When they do call, what's the first sentence you want them to say so you know it's serious? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then what information do you need? So don't let them just come and drop stuff off on you all willy-nilly. Look, right. or not come to you at all. This is how you do it. This is what you say. And this is the information I need. Now I can get one text, get you information, oh, yeah. and be done. Yeah. Uh, and I love that for actual other types of relationships too, right? Just mm -hmm. knowing... Part of that is like, again, going back to the self-awareness thing, knowing how I operate better and, you know, there's always compromise in any type of relationship, whether it's romantic or, you know, even friends or whatever, but knowing that like, Hey, if you text me, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Like, just text me, like, don't send me four minute voice memos where you're like yelling at traffic for three and a half of those four minutes. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, why am I listening to this? <laughs> like, I hate that. So, you know, even being able to communicate, Hey, this is the best way to, to work with me. What is the best way to work with you? Like, what do you prefer? Do, would you prefer one call a day? And that's like, you know, you're kryptonite and you're good yes. with that. You don't want 700 texts. Yep. I've asked my, my assistant, I said, listen, I email you about literally 30 times a day. Right. Do you want this clumped up in a this or do you prefer it the way it's been? She said, oh, I like them singularly, this or that, this yeah. or that. Great. But you have to be leader enough to ask. And once you're leader enough to ask, you have to be leader enough to listen. Yeah, I love it. And it crosses over. It crosses over in everything. What are some... Um, characteristics of, you know, I know you talk about the five different types of leaders and I wanted you to kind of go into those just really, really quickly. And then I'm curious to see, do we need to be all five? Can we, well, be you know what? like, how um, do we, you know, same way with the seven languages, we all have a top two. Hmm. It, hmm. our top two changes from time to time. So when, if you give this to your people, you ask your people, then you have to choose to ask it every year because the last thing you want to do is be speaking somebody's old language. Right, right. We also, out of the seven, have one that resonates with us the least. That's going to be the employee you struggle with the most. So I have to preface that before we, we get into the five types of leaders because as a leader, you're, we all have a top two of who we are too. 
but that might change over time. Yeah, as you grow. Right. So we have the motivator type. This is the rah, rah, high energy. We can do it. Get out there and be somebody type of leader, you know? We have the example type. This is the leader that's the exact opposite. They are so quiet. But if you were a fly on the wall, all you would do is see them doing and getting their job done. Doing the thing. Yeah. Right? You have the visionary, big idea person. Okay. They propel everything forward. Then you have the little chaotic too. <laughs> we'll talk about that. 10 ideas at once. <laughs> right. We'll talk about that. Then you have the, um, the connector. This is the know everybody, you know, know what you have for Thanksgiving dinner, know your kids' names, the connector, the social butterfly. Lastly, you have the intense type. Mm. Gruff, don't say a lot, never know how they're really feeling. You think like military, police, um, a lot of women. And, uh, you know, I hear like, so work in the male dominated mm-hmm. industry or the more they move up i need to be intense to get my respect have match. yeah I have right. match. Yeah. so there's pros and concerns when you're the motivator your energy and your passion is appreciated and respected by most yeah but you have some people that can't stand your guts right they the second you walk fake. in a room there's like oh right yeah. Like they, they think you're fake. They can't imagine that somebody could be this passionate about anything. They can't imagine. They think you're a brown noser. Right. So when you know you don't fit everybody's style, then you have to learn the seven. Yeah. So you could be the motivator, but I know that you like goody time. Okay. You'll tolerate my motivational skills because I'm giving you a donut. Because, yeah. Because you, right. feel, you feel seen. You know that your needs are getting met too. Or like, yeah, the way that you are motivated or the way that you perform the best, I guess, is being right. noticed, recognized, and seen. Yeah. So the next is the example. The example, the good part, everybody, they get their job done. Right. The concern is most people don't know how to approach the example. They don't want to approach the example because they feel like they're interrupting them. Okay. They're so busy with blinders on. There's people, they got blinders on. They're motivated and they got their blinders on. And when you get elevated to a position of leadership, you can't operate with blinders on. You mm-hmm. want to do your job, but your job is also the people that are doing your old job. Yeah, yeah. So um, you got to be able to have your one-on-one meetings. All of these leaders need to have their one-on-one meetings. But when you have them, people will let you be you because they know they're going to have some intimate time with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, the uh, The visionary, you mentioned it. I'm a visionary, okay? I started off as the motivator, and the connector. Now I'm the visionary and the motivator. And the visionary has all of these ideas, but they hate the small steps of things. Yes. So they, they come up with their mind from time to time. <laughs> yeah, so they, they come up with all of these big ideas. Yeah. But as the visionary, you have to know a little bit of what it takes to pull off the impossible so you can properly reward your team. Boom. And and also like under yeah, like having an understanding of yes, I have this great idea. But I told my team last week to do this other great idea and coming at them like, no, put that aside and do that. You know, like it right. can we have to check the bandwidth, chaos, right? Yeah. It can total add, totally add chaos. So we have to check the bandwidth. I have great ideas, but I go to I go to Nicole and Andrea and I say, do That's you it. have the I'll bandwidth to do this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, can we do it now? Is it possible or do we need to push it out? You tell me a schedule that's yeah. going to fit where you are and where we're at right now. And I got to take a chill or yeah, I could say scrap this 
and we need to do this. Yeah, I think that's the difference between a good leader and one that is, you know, just any of these things that, that you just mentioned, like the good leader is always open to that feedback or asking their team, surrounding themselves with the team that they trust enough to say, hey, this is a plan. <clears throat> a, help me flush it. What's the bandwidth look like? How are we going to execute it? Does that totally conflict with the other idea that I had two, two months ago, whatever? Um, yeah, I love that. And, and if we are doing everything because it really needs to be done, right. then it's putting a time limit on it. Yeah. So people will work and break their back for you as when you're a great leader, but they can't do it indefinitely. Exactly. So we're going to bust our hump until uh, February 25th and then we're done. We're good. Yeah. And people will rally for that. But if you just say, this is what we're doing. And then now, now I, as a leader, get addicted to the revenue generation yeah. That's without adding people to the team and taking things off and helping right. them prioritize that's not leadership. listening to their language or having any understanding of like what makes them feel valued to want to continue, you know, to show up for you in that way. What Absolutely. are the other, uh, was there one more? Oh, the intense. Uh, so you have the, the connector <laughs> and the intense is fun. Yeah. So the connector, the great thing is everybody likes you. You yeah. like everybody. The problem is when it's time to have the tough conversation with your people, you might get stuck in the friend zone. Oh, so if I'm, I'm the connector, I'm, the top four. I'm a piece of this top four for sure. Oh yeah. This happened to me. I was promoted. And then my old coworker still wanted to joke around right. in the same way around other people. And now it's embarrassing, but I did a poor job of saying this, Hey, Sarah, you got a second. Yeah. Hey, I know the promotion. I'm excited about it, but I am a little anxious about it. I know it's going to be weird for me, weird for you. Um, we're going to ha have some wins. You are yeah. you do great work. And I'm going to be sure to celebrate. We're going to have our one-on-ones. We'll have our team meetings. As with anything, we I might have to say something that's hard to hear or ask some questions, but it's all about us being great and going this way. Is that is that going to be okay? Yeah, yeah. Getting the level set. Get Right. Set the expectation, the affirmation. And it's, hey, I know we've joked like this in the past. When me and you are together, it's cool. But when yeah. we're here, it may it, it's just not going to sit well. Right. You know? I love that. And really getting that, having that preface conversation up front. The last one is the intense. <laughs> you have three options when you're in the intense. One, you could come in and say, listen, I'm intense with everybody. Don't take it personal. And if you do, come see me. We'll work it out. And you'd be surprised what consistency will allow. If you're an a-hole with everybody, right, people right. will expect that and be like, oh, that's just. Yeah, how he is or how she is, yeah. But if you're different from day to day, people don't know what that, you know, so I'm this way with everybody, come see me if, you know, okay. Yeah. Option two, speak to seven. So you're intense, but in our one-on-ones that I'm not going to cancel or reschedule, right. I get to speak your language from time to time. I get to get up from my desk because I know your quality minutes and I hate quality minutes. But on Thursdays at two o'clock, I'm going to walk around and check on. I'm going to send out an email to Sarah. Every, it's on my calendar. She doesn't know it's on my calendar. But every third Thursday, I'm going to say, hey, Sarah, wanted to reach out to you. You've been doing fantastic work. Really appreciate having you on the team. Uh, bump, bump, bump. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Do you find that the intense one is much less open to any of that coaching you just talked about? No, there. Really? Uh, in, in my they, they definitely get a bad rap, I would think. Every time I've met the intense at a training or on a call, 
they are so thankful for this information because this is the first time they told they were told that they weren't bad uh, or it was negative when you, when, yeah, when, yeah. when they hear when they hear me say the intense type of leader people cringe and i'm like no 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 there's five types of managers that are bad the ego the climber the abuser the friend and the incompetent right right but all of these leaders are good cuz the good part is the intense gets the job done yeah. And, and isn't afraid to say the hard stuff and can right. have the direct meetings and have the direct conversations. But I think right. everything you've been talking about today is I'm so passionate about it because it, it really feels like it's all tools driven, right? Like it's not just, I'm going to say, Hey, go do this and go figure it out. It's like, once I have knowledge, once I have data, once I've you know, had my employees take this test and I know that Sarah's affirmations and I know that John is this. And the other thing, like that's, such important data for me. Now I can, as long as I'm open to right. that, like I can right. now quickly figure out because I, I have a quick little definition. Oh, wait, what is that again? Great. Let me approach this person in that way. And then here's the best part. I, I can only imagine that almost immediately you get different responses from it, people. It is so immediate. Um, the last part with the intense, you can also uh, hire a buffer. So your direct report is a connector type. So they don't have to come to you. They can go to them, but you don't fire the connector because y'all have an agreement. <laughs> I love that. That's a good workaround. <laughs> but it is so your limitations, right? And surround yourself with people who have what you don't have. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it is so immediate because when I do this in trainings and at conferences and I go around the room and you always can't get everybody and you get people to say they're top two. Everybody immediately sees how many differences are in the room. I said, now imagine in your company. Now, here's a sheet. Yeah. You, here, you can email it to your people. You can slide it to them. They circle their top two, hand it back. Do not ask if you're not serious about doing. Right. Because then okay? the worse. It's like, wait, I said, there's a better if, way if, you're not about it? If you're going to do this and not, that'd be like me going upstairs and asking my wife, what do you need most for me? And she says flowers every Tuesday. And I go, never buy her flowers again. Nah, I'll <laughs> give you hugs on Thursdays. You'll be right? fine. It's like, why'd you even ask, man? <laughs> so the, watching their faces light up with this information, then handing it to their team. And then I say, listen, let's be realistic about it. You are not going to do this every day for every person. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. But you can pick one person a day. You can pick one, shoot, do two people a week. You can say, okay, on our one-on-ones, okay, this. And then I teach how yeah. to have it in casual conversations, emails, yep. Zoom calls, walking through the office. But then how do you have it in tough conversations? Right. Once you're leading with their language, you always have their attention and stop worrying about motivating them. Yeah. You want to hire motivated people and then lead them by being influential, impactful, and protecting them. And now when you speak their language, that's what you're doing. Yeah. And now they're going to be loyal, right? They're going to want to be there. And and for all my listeners, I really want you to, and I hope you have been doing this through the whole conversation, apply this to your own life. Like whether you're in corporate, whether you love your job, whether you're a leader, whether you're not a leader, like every single thing we've been talking about today, in my mind, comes down to how we show up in mm. this world, right? Like every single thing you said are things that I can show up, even if I am a mom and 
I'm a mom. So <laughs> like, I'm, I am trying to show up like that as a mom to my kids, right? Yes. I'm trying to learn how my kids best receive tough information, how they get motivated, how they get, you know, all of those things. And knowing and understanding all the things we've been talking about, I think can only make every relationship in your life better and stronger. And most importantly, make you so much better. Like regardless, you don't have to be a leader to like have gotten all these nuggets, honestly. Could you imagine if your kids knew your top two languages? Yeah. I do this at companies all the time. One of the VPs of HR, she was goody time and recognition and affirmation. So what did she do? She brought in all of the goodies for everybody. And you know what they did? Oh, this is pepperoni pizza. Where's the sausage? Yeah. Oh, you got sausage pizza. Where's the hoagies? So if any of them knew that she was recognition and affirmation, they would have come to her and said, hey, Thanks so we much really for doing appreciate that. appreciate you. Thank you so much. So now every company I say, have a board. You can put every employee's name, their top two languages, and then you change it accordingly. And then if you chart it out, look at the dynamic of your group. Maybe your incentives and respect, but everybody circled flexibility and goody time. Right. And then you realize, whoa, no wonder why everything I'm trying to roll out as a leader is not fucking working. Oh, now it makes a lot more sense. And I teach the same thing and um, or, or kind of very similar concept, I think, in teams like coaches for for athletic teams. Yes. You know, if you knew that about your players. Oh, my God. All of a sudden, instead of like being the coach that yells and demeans and, you know, breaks everyone down and thinks like, oh, that's going to work for the whole group. Like. If you knew that one of your players was affirmations and all you did was tweak that a little bit for them and all of a sudden, boom, they light up and they become the the player you wanted them to be like, how does that, it just makes common sense for everybody involved. Like if I know how to talk to you and by me learning that and doing that, it lights you up and brings out everything I wanted. It's self-serving at the end of the day. Like, why wouldn't we do that? we're going to get way better reaction from everybody else too. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like I'm giving, giving, giving. It is mutually beneficial. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. I, I, this has been, I do a lot of other like leadership trainings and speaking, but I do the leader seven at least 10 times a year on uh, <laughs> conferences and things like that. And it's interesting if I advertise it, yeah. Nobody cares. Right. But it's what I get asked to do the most. And I don't understand the difference. I'm like, maybe I'm marketing it wrong. Yeah, I can't yeah. it more simply, but it's odd that way. I mean, I think like everything else, and I was telling you before we started it um, three years ago, like during COVID, I just kind of moved my coaching concepts into, into corporate. Um, and at first I was like, you know, kind of how do I do this? How do I teach a totally different audience that these things are important, that it's important to know how to change your mindset. It's important to, you know, like learn how to dream if you're a total thinker and you're used to being locked in your head, just all the stuff. Right. And I think it's one of those things that you almost have to go through it and have it. Yes. Explain for you kind of the yes. way that even our conversation has, like I was, I was deep into your content before this, but in my mind, I'm translating, right? I'm like translating to the mom at home. I'm translating to my son who's on a football team. I'm translating to all these different scenarios. And to me, it's just like, why isn't everyone doing this? I'm really confused because it's just, it's common sense. And I think as as humans, 
we're involving in so many different ways, but man, we are leaving behind communication. Yes. We are turning that over to AI. We're turning it over to automatic stuff. I was we are husbands and wives, husbands and husbands, wives and wives, days and thems, um, texting each other from upstairs. So okay. they have an issue in the relationship or argument that they're texting. We live in the same house. <laughs> I, was, I was no joke having this um, internal dialogue right before we got on, uh, you know, our, our interview today where, you know, I was talking to someone and I had just like shared, you know, like actually had a conversation in text, like shared something personal. And what do I get back? An exclamation and a fucking heart. So I'm like, this is what technology has done to our communication skills. I am communicating something personal. I am opening up and sharing about myself. And what I get back is the most lazy, most unthought through, like we literally have turned off our ability to integrate and connect with each other. And that is the thing I think that is so powerful about what you do and so powerful about this conversation is because it's critical. And I feel like if we let this go for another five years, mm. where are we going to be? Like people don't know how to respond in a way that is like engaging in a way that is like, I heard you, here's what I think. No, they're just liking their, you know, whatever. And that ability is in every single form of communication. It's in our text, it's in social media. So there is no more interaction. And if we don't step up and say, Hey, I, I want better. I want to teach my kids better. I want to teach them how to communicate with each other. And these skills are how we do that. Thank you so much. It's, it's, uh, it's been an honor sharing it with you. And uh, I'm glad it's resonated so much. And you guys listening, uh, I really hope that it's touched you as well. It can be of impact for everybody around you. Absolutely. I love it. And go grab Andre's books. I'm going to put the links uh, to both of them here uh, in the show notes as well. And you're an incredible motivational speaker and all of those amazing things. So if, if you're part of an organization that is struggling with this stuff, you don't have to struggle. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's some simple tools you can, you know, implement and it can change everything. So I love that. Thanks so much for spilling all of your wisdom uh, today with us, Andre. Thanks again for being on. All right, everybody. Until next time, hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.